every Arizona homeowner's best friend, and it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the house. Your weekend wake-up tradition. I talk to the tree. Stop and hear what I say. Come on around back, Arizona. It is Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. It's the Outdoor Living Hour of Rosie on the House, your Saturday morning tradition since 1988. And if you follow along in our home maintenance calendar, you know we are talking trees today. We always do it the second Saturday of the month. And to, uh, we've got Sarah Maitland, ISA Certified Arborist with Save a Tree in studio. Good morning, Sarah. Welcome back. Good morning. And why don't you introduce you to guests who you've brought with you? Yes, I brought a very important person. That um, This is Amy Esposito, and she's the Executive Director of Trees Matter. Yeah, thank you for having me today. I'm so glad to be here. And trees do matter, which is why we talk trees every month. And you guys always bring in a tree of the month. Let's start there. Sure. Um, so our tree of the month this year is the Almas parvifolia. And it's parvifolia because it's little leaf, but it's actually the Chinese evergreen elm. And, which is a beautiful tree. Oh, yeah. I got a picture right here. Isn't that nice? Um, they grow really nice here in the valley as a residential street tree or in a yard. Um, they are fast growing and maybe up to 40 to 60 feet. The thing I love the most about them is they've got this really gorgeous umbrella-shaped canopy, and they have a beautiful bark. They are semi-deciduous, so they'll lose their leaves a little bit in the winter based on how much cold we get. Um, but they, they have a beautiful, beautiful bark. And that Chinese elm, it's, it's, it's a, the trunk, though. I mean, for a 60-foot tree, their trunks aren't all that big. No, they're not. They're not. It's mostly canopy. It's kind of just like an umbrella, you know, a skinny little trunk. And they're always usually standard single and, and a nice big canopy. Um, they started blooming actually this summer, so they're a little bit different than a lot of trees in blooming in the spring when they bloom in the summer. So they finished their blooming. They're already getting their little tiny seeds, which are called um, Samara, I think. No, they're not. What's the name of it? Anyway, <laughs> I had it written down here. Um, anyway, there's a little tiny seed that's like a single oval-shaped little thing, and they just become confetti all over the parking <laughs> lots but the the bark is the most special thing about them and so what color is that confetti from the bloom is that a white bloom on the elm well the confetti is the seed pod mm -hmm. so it'll be just a little pale light brown color and it just kind of goes all over the the blooms are really insignificant where you don't hardly see them and it's not like a show um, but the seed pods are a little bit messy um, but they are a little bit susceptible to Texas root rot. We've got a whole a grove of them right outside our, our Save-A-Tree office. And um, two of them started to decline. It was John Eisenhower who said we better do some testing. And I excavated them, found some circling roots, and thought that was the reason for the decline. But the pathology testing came back Texas root rot. And what we did, though, um, and I did a little research and I've done it in the past, was we added organic matter and a pH reducer and tried to change that environment. So Texas root rot is something that becomes active um, at a certain time where the environment is perfect. But it's treatable. 
It's not, well, it isn't treatable, but we've stopped the decline because it, it stopped at two trees, and we haven't seen the other six go. So I'm hoping that we made a difference. The Chinese elm, that is your tree of the month, and you can see pictures and get uh, a link to ASU's uh, resource on our website. If you go to rosieonthehouse.com and the quick links on the homepage, just click on the Chinese elm, and it'll take you to... It is a Samara. I see. I had it right. The There's name the, of the seed? Yeah, <laughs> and it's got, got a lot of different varieties, and a lot of them are, are, are really some I've never even heard of. Um, but if they're vegetatively reproduced... Um, which most of them are here in the valley, you have to keep them pruned, especially at an early age. I've seen a lot of Chinese elms that just don't do well if they're deep in the soil. So um, root collar excavation um, to correct your roots, expose your trunk flare, make sure you're planting the right level. They just take off and grow. I have one in my backyard, and I just love it. So... And it does drop those seeds, and they're so pretty. They'll even reseed a little bit, but they're not like other trees where they're super invasive. Um, but you could repot them, probably. Now, in the Midwest, they are the Siberian, which is real similar, is considered invasive. But this is a beautiful tree, and I really encourage everybody to go planting trees. And a big part of the reason you brought Amy from Trees Matter in is you wanted to talk about the tree canopy. Yes. That's, that's, a, that's a great tree to be talking canopy this month. Well, I tell you, Amy, um, Trees Matter, their, their, their statement is to inspire and promote increased tree canopy in the valley. So um, they work with a lot of different things. They're, they are the implementator of the SRP tree planting classes. And Amy, you want to talk a little bit about how you guys are encouraging tree canopies? Yeah, definitely. So we work with SRP for their free shade tree program. And during the pandemic, we switched to a webinar format and we teach both in Spanish and English simultaneously um, about tree, how to plant a tree, um, how to select the six varieties we give out, which are um, low water use um uh, drought tolerant trees that do well here in the valley um, and then we also talk about proper watering um, what you were talking about with the proper root uh, or the proper trunk uh, depth making sure that trees are planted slightly above grade that will prevent so many trees from um, struggling long term and so we're hoping to prevent a lot of issues that happen during our monsoons when when trees you know uh, fail due to bad watering practices and planting trees too de- deep. So that's a big thing for us. We also have an Ask an Arborist Facebook group where we talk about um, people can post pictures and stuff on there. And then we have a Trees for Schools program where we with, work with kids and we plant trees and do tree activities. And we have an urban food forest program. So we try to connect people to trees through the function of food that they can provide. And you guys recently had an event, uh, Pancake Dinner. Mesquite pancake dinner. Tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, so we did breakfast for dinner. Everyone loves breakfast for dinner. Um, and so every year um, we do an annual mesquite pancake breakfast. And the last few years we've done breakfast for dinner. Um, we worked with Snooze Town and Country, who's amazing. Um, and we had, um, we basically take mesquite pods. Um, when they're ground up, they make a flower. And so we took that flower and combined it with another flower because it is a bean flower. Um, And we get people to taste mesquite for the first time, and they love the pancakes. It's a great way to introduce people to 
um, mesquites because a lot of times we look at those pods, we say what a mess, but actually they're edible and you can you can eat them. Now we don't like to talk about everything people just missed. You know this this event was a couple weeks ago. Yes. When's the next one? Uh, well, it's next year in October, but um, we have events um, year-round, and we're hoping to get back our food forest events, um, do more engagement around getting people. So uh, I was talking about earlier before we started that a Palo Verde tree is one you don't think about that provides food. Um, in the spring, they have green pods that you can just pick off and seem like edamame. So there's so many things that you don't think about. Um, you know, a lot I didn't of, know that. Yeah. I never even thought about that. <laughs> Yeah, so it's not just our traditional trees. And then in my backyard, I have a, a mission fig. They've adapted pretty well to our climate. Um, you know, they're not a low water use like a, a Palo Verde. Um, and then a pomegranate is also a Mediterranean tree. So we've got a lot of fun trees. We actually have a recipe book on our website as well. Which is treesmatter.org. Yes. And while you're there, you could sign up for a newsletter and get reminders. And as exactly. events publish, I've been on that mailing list for, I, mean, I think, since y'all transition from the permaculture alliance to tree yes i I think you my email just stayed in the system as it changed (laughs) over (laughs) yeah well we're so glad that you're still on our newsletter and uh it's also a great way to learn about volunteer opportunities because we can't do all the events we do without our amazing volunteers and the other thing that i saw on your website and I'll, i'll rosie on the house will have that on the website this this week um it's tree owner um there there's all kinds of different topics and related brochures um benefits of trees choosing trees managing hazards plant health care um all kinds of different printouts that will tell you all kinds of things about trees right and a lot of those come from uh ISA yes which is an amazing um uh, group. They're the ones that uh, International Society of Arboriculture or- that make sure that our arborists are trained and have what they need. And Sarah and I um, are very well affiliated with them. Yeah, and that's why you come to Save a Tree is to get a certified arborist that's educated and, and knows trees and the science and the art of uh, pruning. And like any good program, it's not a one-time certification. I mean, an arborist has to stay active and there's credits and learning and additional um, resources is constantly it's a constant learning you don't Correct. just get certified there, and done. there's continuing education that needs to be done and we have several certified arborists with us we have certified arborists on our crews that, that are quite quite intelligent and quite educated and skilled highly skilled um, but there's all kinds of CEUs that we have to do um, save a tree has a has a has a learning program so each one is encouraged to go to the next step and learn the next skill. So Wonderful. Well, we've got a lot of to-dos on our tree uh, agenda here, and we'll get to those after the break. Uh, talking about pruning, we've got fall fertilizing, uh, what to trim, what not to trim. You've got uh, some points about shrubs and fall fertilizing. So yeah. we're not done talking trees. It's Rosie on the house. If you'd like to join the conversation, one 767 that's one triple eight Rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to four one one nine two three. Or if you need help with a little plant or insect identification, you can snap a picture and email that to us at info at rosieonthehouse.com. Continuing our conversation, Talking Trees, ISA certified arborist Sarah Maitland from Save a Tree is in and special guest. 
Amy Espinoza, the executive director of Trees Matter. Esposito, I'm Esposito, sorry. Yeah. Esposito, yeah. Um, Espinoza, where is that from? That's another. That's someone it's else. It's another last name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Esposito, but I mean, it's, there's a vivid. Anyway, I'll, I'll think of it during the break. We are uh, getting into cooler temperatures. Yes, we are, um, and so it's a good time to start to lighten up on pruning any of the evergreens. Um, we do still take out deadwood and some structural issues on evergreens. But what we're finding this year of all years is we a lot of trees need that second pruning. Um, after the, the monsoon rains, even though we've pruned them already this year, a lot of our April, May people that get their mesquites pruned after that spring flush of growth are now thinking, you know, we need to lighten them up a little bit. Never know what kind of winter rains or storms we're going to have. Um, but they, they got heavy. A lot of trees needed it two times a year this year. And, and that depends on really um, your property. Um, but so a lot of the more vigorous trees like that we're, we're, we're able to prune now. And they hold their prune a little bit longer. Um, and then sometimes, you know, you just want to prune them so that you can put your Christmas lights on. <laughs> <laughs> and we will get to holiday uh, plant lighting and uh, later in the broadcast, but on your uh, some of these that you mentioned, you know, twice a year, mesquites sometimes can take three or four a year. And well, they can, and, and it's a it's a matter of you know your your budget also because it's you know it's a, an expense. It's actually a maintenance of a valuable thing. Trees. One of the things that's on uh, the Trees Matter website is a tree calculator. So that's pretty cool. It's a treebenefits.com calculator, and it'll tell you, you know, for every dollar you put into something, the, the return on investment. And you can put in how big your tree is, size and height, and what kind of tree it is, and it'll give you a value. And really the reason for maintaining your trees is, is to retain the value and to, for aesthetics and to help them grow healthy. Yeah, trees are one of the only uh, pieces of infrastructure that grow in value. Yeah. <laughs> so if you uh, might buy a tree and it's only, you know, $50, but it's going to be worth a lot more uh, 10, 15 years down the line. Especially if it's one that's uh, a producing tree, you, you know, the citrus trees, lots of fruit trees, you know, something that's constantly providing uh, not only the benefit of the tree to you, but... You know, something edible you know you'd mentioned the mesquite beans or the palo verde beans you know most every tree has something it can provide to you well and shade and cooling are huge here um, yes so that's yes a huge the, benefit. the benefits of bringing your electric bill and energy consumption down shade is is just really really a high impact and then your more vigorous trees a couple examples y'all have here olive sumacs eucalyptus yeah those can all take a little bit more pruning yeah um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the shrub renovation. Um, so Save a Tree does a lot of renovation. Um, we do trees, shrubs, lawns, um, fertilization, all kinds of different things. But when you get into the next um, part of the year, the December, January, February, it's a really good time for shrub renovation um, because so many of the shrubs are sheared into shapes and you know they're balls and they don't flower and if you look and you pull apart the leaves it'll be all woody inside so it only grows on the outer five percent and it's only making food on five percent so you're kind of putting it on a diet 
food for itself. Yeah, for itself. And so we renovate. We take them down, sometimes down to 8 or 12 inches, sometimes selectively depending on species. But you renovate them down and then you rejuvenate them and they grow back really beautiful with natural growth. You'll have more flowers. You'll have light penetration down into the base of the shrub. And it's something that really um, we start doing a lot in January, February. There's one that grows really well. I think it's a Texas sage that has the purple bloom. Yeah. That one is notorious for the landscape guys to come by just at the time. It's in a beautiful purple display, a fresh bloom, and they just go, <laughs> destroy the whole thing. I <laughs> yeah, so that's what we're trying to avoid because actually a shrub that grows naturally has, um, like I said, good light penetration to the base and blooms all the way down to the bottom of the stalk. But it will use less water. Um, and it will be healthier, and, and it's more beautiful. So a healthier tree will use less water because it's not stressed. A healthier shrub. Shrub. <laughs> <laughs> healthier trees tend to take more, more water. water for yeah. More water for more leaves. That's <laughs> and, what I would And getting think. <laughs> back to our Chinese elm, it, it is a tree that can tolerate some drought, but it really likes water. I mean, and it will be more, more beautiful with more water. You see, do you see them a lot in lawn settings? Yes, you can. They they will tolerate lawns. They are something that will tolerate lawns. And not every tree does uh, um, well on lawns. And a lot of trees, uh, they don't always complement each other for the Bermuda and a and a shade tree. Well, I think I talked about that once before um, on your plant list. Is there anything that goes in in turf at all or, or lawns? Um, trees. Some of them have a filter, and some don't. You put an oak or an elm into um, turf, and they'll take a little extra water, but not too much. You put a mesquite into some lawns, and they just suck it all up and grow. They they have no filter whatsoever. (laughs) Thirsty trees. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got a lot to talk about, and uh, you had mentioned holiday plant lighting. That is our to-do if you follow along in our home maintenance calendar. You know, trees do matter. We don't want to... Uh, scar them up, mark them up, nail them up, hammer them up, just to hang holiday lights for a short period of time. There's a right way to do it, and we'll be talking about that, along with the rest of our November to Talking Trees bullet points. More Rosie on the House right after this. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we are Talking Trees, like we do the second Saturday of the month and the 8 o'clock hour, our outdoor living hour here at Rosie on the House. And Sarah Maitland from Save a Tree has brought in guest Amy Esposito, Executive Director of Trees Matter. And Amy, I was clicking through your website during the break, and uh, this one tab has the Resiliency Project. Talk to us about what y'all have put together there. Yeah, so um, during the pandemic, our uh, board came together and decided we wanted to do something to honor those who've been impacted um, by the pandemic. And so we decided to plant 100 trees uh, in South Phoenix. At a, It's in a 20-acre lot called Spaces of Opportunity near it's part of the Roosevelt School District. And so we worked with Tiger Mountain Foundation, 
Um, and throughout the last year, we planted 100 trees. Now, what we need to do next is uh, we've been, we have a form on our site, and I'd encourage anyone who um, wants to honor someone who's been impacted to fill out that form. Um, you go to treesmatter.org backslash 100 trees, and you can, um, it's free to anybody who signs up, and you can share the name and any other information you want, and we'll be printing out wooden, um, wooden tags that will hang off of these 100 trees so that as these trees grow, um, we have uh, a living memorial. And what's exciting is that we'll be putting a fabrication of a sign up and there'll be a, um, a link or a QR code to a website so people can continue to add on uh, folks. But it gives us a way to recognize um, those that have been impacted while you know sharing the benefits of the future okay. and honoring those, um, honoring our community and in a way that um, that's really special um, for a lot of people. We've already gotten a lot of really amazing um, submissions and we'll be doing a commemoration in January. Wow, that's pretty exciting. What kind of trees did you plant? Well, it's a working community garden and farm. So we asked them what they wanted. So there's a bunch of farmers and gardeners, and there's even a farmer's market there. And it's free and open to the public, so there's no um, barrier to come in and to see what's going on. And it's such an amazing place. Um, But they really wanted a lot of food-bearing trees. So we did a lot of pomegranates, figs, uh, a bunch of different citrus trees. It's on a flood acre lot, so it was appropriate um, for what type of water there was there. And then we also added some carob trees, which do provide food, but they also are big shade trees that were needed because um, a lot of them need more shade. That wow. was a recent tree of the month here, the carob yeah, tree. Yeah. That is the a really neat, smelling one. Yeah. really neat tree. <laughs> yeah, when you um, pull it off when it's ready, the, the pod, and you chew on it, it tastes kind of like a Tootsie Roll. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. And so that's treesmatter.org backslash. 100 trees. 100 trees to nominate somebody and get more information about the resiliency project. Yeah, and it's 100 trees. 100. Zero, zero. Yeah. Don't type out 100. Yeah. It's a numeric 100. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. So we'd love to have uh, whomever wants to participate. And um, some people have asked, do you need to be from Maricopa or South Phoenix? We're really opening it up to anybody. So even if you're listening from a different city that's not in Maricopa County, we'd love to have you submit. Treesmatter.org slash 100 trees. Sarah, let's talk composting and mulch. Oh wow, this is a good time to get some mulch out. You know, I'm a I'm a fan of fresh mulch, fresh tree mulch. Um, but a lot of times it's hard for us to drop tree mulch because it's got all kinds of prickers in it from mesquites and palaverdes and stuff like that. But fresh mulch is really great for your trees. It helps to um, decompose over time and add organic matter to the soil. Um, but it also um, helps to regulate temperatures. Even cold temperatures, so we're getting probably going to get into some cold temperatures this year, I hope. Um, but mulch is really, really good. Um, it just adds that really nice layer underneath the tree, and you can almost feel the tree saying, "Ah, oh, thank you." <laughs> and when you say fresh mulch, are you saying like just cut tree cuttings, or are you talking well, about wood? There's a couple of different things you can you can get just mulch in bags from the garden center. You can get bulk mulch from some of the different rock centers. We'll just drop a 
couple yards in your in your driveway. Um, I prefer the fresh mulch, um, but I have access to it. Um, but I also create my own too, and so that's kind of where you get into composting. And there is uh, a service called Chip Drop that John's mentioned. Uh, Farmer Greg's mentioned it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I signed up again for it where I live. I, I, there must not be any arborist where I live because I've been on the waiting list for like three years and I still haven't gotten any, oh, wow. oh, really? any chip dropped yet. But if you live more in town in a metropolitan area, what you can do is you can go there, put in your address, and uh, when a arborist has a load, instead of taking that chipped uh, tree matter and taking it to the landfill, they can just come drop it at your house. Now, it's not sorted. You'd have no control over color, texture. It was just whatever was on their tree route that day cutting it. Um, The landscape yards like you were talking about, they have different colors and different, you know, Mulches will have different names based on yeah, chip density. They and do, they do, but but those yards still have regular compost and regular mulch. And what I do for my customers um, is, uh, you know, if they want it, want a load, I schedule <laughs> so that the the truck is full when it comes to their house the next day. You know, I, I put them in the schedule so it works out so they get a do- their loads. And we try to we try to accommodate as much as we can. It's a big truckload. My neighbor got some, and I helped them. It took like five of us. It's a lot of mulch. So, but I'm sure Sarah and I can hook you up if you if you need some yeah. mulch. <laughs> yeah, I actually used um, my quad and a wagon and dragged it oh, around all my trees. Yeah. But, so but last you... spring, we had two semi loads of mulch delivered, and after about two weekends of wheelbarrowing it. And the heat coming, because this was about May. Um, I thought, man, this is going to take me all summer. Eh, we went and got a skid steer in six hours. We had it done. <laughs> nice. So you just got to hire the kids. Oh, the kids love oh, the yeah. skid steer. Yeah. It was, I didn't even have to Tom Sawyer. I mean, they, they were in line to drive the skid steer and take it all around. <laughs> oh, how fun is that? But, you know, you can collect up just the, the debris around your shrubs in your yard, and you can start compost piles. You know, the... The, the debris you collect will, will decompose. I think the show is Back to Eden. John um, has talked about a few times just about the forest. And, you know, the, it's you never pick up leaves in the forest. It's constantly building up. And, you know, the, the, in our yards, we pick everything up and we take it away. Then we have to add all these fertilizers and amendments. And it's just, you know, if you just let it drop and do its own thing and not pick it up, it kind of manages itself a little bit. Well, better. when I worked commercial, I used to encourage the HOAs to just kind of blow it into the the groups of shrubs, and and but it becomes a um, a little bit unsightly, and for a manicured lawn and for decomposed granite, and there's a lot of really good nutrients that can be applied um, to supplement, you know, what nature can't can't give you sometimes <laughs> what we recommend with a lot of trees is is just fall fertilization spring fertilization three times a year on the citrus you know and that citrus fertilizing you know, that's we've kind of passed that for this year i mean there's no really set time I mean, you could really fertilize any time but there's 
distinct holidays that we use in Arizona for yeah. citrus fertilizing. Yeah, and, and really best to get yourself on a three times a year program because it's balanced to give your trees the nutrient they need to go through the whole season. A little less nitrogen in the summer, and and, and so that's what we do for citrus. Um, right now I, I have a lot of trees that um, just just didn't do that well over the last two years. We had this really hard monsoon and a lot of rain, but but there was two years of stress. And so just getting that arbor kelp out that's nutrient that helps the soil help the tree, um, that's a, a really good product for fall fertilization. And looking through your uh, list here on the composting recipe, there's a combined equal parts of brown and green. Yes, this is John's recipe, so we should have him calling in and talking to us about this. But there is a percentage that you're supposed to use. Do you know, Amy, what it is? I know that you just have to have a mixture. And if you collect up your regular stuff, then it's a mixture. <laughs> yeah, I um, I actually don't self-compost. I have a, a company that comes and picks up um, my food waste and, and brings me compost when I need. But um, I do have a lot of gardening friends that, that do that sort of recipe and they have a way to, to shift the, the compost and, and all of that. But I'm less familiar on, yeah, you, on that you, special recipe. Uh, you want to get a nice area in your yard where you can spread it out so it's wide enough and you keep piling on top, but you want to be able to turn it and um, it kind of cooks in there, and it decomposes and becomes a compost. And I, I always add my eggshells and my coffee grounds and any vegetable scraps and things like that. Just got to be careful of animals, you know, so. Um. I have a question, Sarah. Does um, mulching help with providing more, less compacted soil over time? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it helps to uh, increase... Uh, it, it it adds to the aggregation of the soil, um, the particles. It mixes in with the, the soil particles, adds aeration and area, areas porous for water and air. So Yeah, and just to explain, um, tree roots don't like compaction, and so we want to make sure there's a lot of ox- access to oxygen and water, and so when the soil is compacted, right, that gives less opportunity for that water and oxygen. And and our soils are kind of naturally compacted because they're kind of high in clay, which is a really small particle. Um, But so mulch just really helps to add to that organic matter in the soil. That's why you don't see more trees in parking lots that are monstrous. I think the lifespan for a tree in a parking lot in Arizona, I believe, is eight years. Well, the the, the constant (laughs) driving and compaction on it and and everyone wants to park on it. Well, there's more weight. In Louisiana, at the uh, LSU Stadium, they've got all these live oaks. <clears throat> they won't let you park, you know, I mean, you want, you want to park under shade. They won't let any cars underneath it. And there's even areas that you can't get right up to the trunk just protecting the tree against the, the crowd compaction. In Arizona, our um, our temperatures get 140 160 degrees in that pavement so the roots just don't get out there and grow very well (laughs) (laughs) 
Not not conditions conducive for a, a tree canopy. <laughs> Correct, but I look for shade in a parking lot all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. Well, and then what else are you going to do? You can't just have dirt parking lots everywhere. We're complaining about blowing dust constantly. So, yes. you know, there's a reason it's paved, but yeah, not not the the environment we're trying to create in our homes and on our properties with our trees. And we've got one segment here with Sarah Maitland and special guest from Trees Matter, Amy Esposito. Final segment of Talking Trees, and uh, Sarah, if we save a tree, we better get to holiday plant lights. There is to do and not to do when hanging holiday lights. I'm so excited. All right, I already did the most beautiful ranch up in Cape Creek. It's breathtaking, all warm white, um, all the way down the fences with a big wreath. And it, we are doing holiday decor. And Save a Tree just introduced it here in Phoenix last year. But we, we do it nationwide. And one of the things that really even made our website this year was these really spectacular palm trees done with a big green trunk. And all the fronds were done in a bright gold. It was spectacular. So most people uh, aren't going to have the equipment to do a palm tree. That is a service you all yes. offer. Um, what should they know about hang lights? What drives me nuts when I see nails in trees. Yeah, we have special little clips that we use. And the guys are kind of trained to weave a correct pattern so that the, the whole tree sparkles. Um, and then we do trunk wraps. So when we do it on the roofs, there's a little plastic, um, if you have stucco, it's a little plastic clip that's clear. You can't even see it, but it stays there. It's permanent. So each year you just hook back to the same little hook. No nails, no nails, no nails. <laughs> But no, the holiday lighting with the, with Save a Tree, the, the decor that we do, is really um, for you as, as a person to enjoy. And you can get it up before Thanksgiving. You can take it down as late as the end of February. Um, it's a service that we provide. And we, we come and help you design it. We put it up. We maintain every light, timers, everything through the season. We take it down, put your name on it. And... And it's just there for you to enjoy. It's, it's an it's a something that you you give yourself. So does when you say you take it down and put your name on it, you yeah. guys do all the putting away the lights so yeah, you don't have yeah. to. We take them all. Oh, we that put them up awesome. and we take them all down, and we save them for you for next year. You know, it's it they're all marked in a in a in a storage. It really does make a big difference. Occasionally, there'll be a year I don't get any outside lighting decorated, and it's just, it's never the same. You know, it's mm-hmm. it feels like we never really fully had uh. Christmas and the New Year. And the putting up, the taking down, that is very uh, time-consuming, and why occasionally I don't get it done. But It, it just it brightens just, your day it, it every does. day that it you does. drive home, and you go in your, in your driveway, and you just, it sparkles, and it's just, it's a wonderful feeling. And there's a lot of fun things that we'll do. We'll let the kids design. We might wrap the trunk in one color. And if it's our big mulberry trees that are deciduous, you know, we'll pick different trunks and veins <laughs> and we'll string the whole. So yeah. you might have like a white trunk and then a red limb and a blue limb. And a, we've got a, a row of ash at the front of the house that we all do in white. And it's, you know, it's just like you said, it, it even coming home and it's dark at that time. You know, five thirty, six o'clock. It's already dark, and just seeing that driving up. It, Me too. I work too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we all work but, right. Yeah. But don't worry, you won't hear Christmas music on Rosie on the House till at least December. Okay. <laughs> we, we promise that. <laughs> what a fun way to spend time with family, too, getting outside and Yeah, so designing. get your trees pruned and ready for your Christmas lights. Is there and... anything different between like a tree that's dormant um, and how you should put up lights versus a tree that hasn't lost its leaves, maybe an evergreen? Well, it depends where if you want to see the lights. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is there is technique, and and we, we just our crews are trained to do that. And nice. We're, we're pretty tight on our schedules, but um, I I begged them today, and they agreed to work Saturdays. So we'll try to get a few more people done. Nice. Amy, uh, talk. <laughs> Tell us about Trees Matter one more time. Yeah, so um, as Sarah mentioned earlier in the show, uh, our mission is to inspire and promote an increased tree canopy. And um, we work with uh, schools to plant trees with students, and we've started building um, activities with schools. So that's really exciting, getting our kids. When I grew up in Phoenix, there was less um, attention towards knowing the names of our trees, planting the trees. There's a lot more we're doing with that. So for me personally, that means a lot. Um, I mentioned our resiliency project where we're planting 100 trees um, and asking people to submit name tags, uh, names for name t- for tags to put on the trees. And then we work with SRP for their awesome free shade tree program. Um, we'll probably have some uh, some workshops coming up, their webinars online in the next couple of months. So um, if the website is put up, I check then um, if you're an SRP customer. And we also have an Ask an Arborist uh, Facebook group too. So if you have any questions about your trees after this, you can go there. Outstanding. Uh, that's treesmatter.org? Yes, that's correct. Amy Esposito, thank you for spending your Saturday morning with us. And Sarah, if somebody needs a arborist, a tree service, and y'all have expanded lawn, shrubs as well. Yeah. So overall yard maintenance, they could schedule at saveatree.com. Correct. How is that spelled? Um, S-A-V-A-T-R-E-E dot com. Or There's you can one ju- missing E. S-A-V-A-T-R-E-E. E-E, correct. Sorry. <laughs> But our phone no, number. Meant, our you don't phone, spell out the full save, is what I meant. No, it's S A V A T R E E. And then our phone number is 602 788 0005. And you can call for an arborist to come and look at your property, look at your trees. There's no obligation to you for us to come and look. And we'll see y'all December 11th. We'll be talking trees again here at Rosie on the House. We'll be talking about frozen lawn damage. Hopefully we will have that. Not that we want damaged lawn, but a frost would be nice. It's been, uh, if you've only been in the valley a few years, you don't know it, but we get our cold snaps. It helps nice with the uh, insect count. And then the tree of the month is the white mulberry tree. So we'll see you all December 11th. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me.